1: let your snacks be heard just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win no purchase necessary sweepstakes ends April 3rd 2023 void but prohibited here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips see official rules at free to this is the Falcoholic podcast the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation podcast Network. Dave Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to recap the advanced stats coming out of the Falcons' Week 14 win in Carolina against the Carolina Panthers, 29-21, uh, part of the Sadness Bowl. <laughs> Falcons moved to 6-7. They are still in the thick of the playoff race. Obviously, this upcoming Sunday will be a very big and important game against the San Francisco 49ers. If they somehow win this one on the road, it will put them in great position to potentially finish the year strong and compete for one of those final playoff spots. Um, yes, we are talking about a 6-7 and seven Falcons team being relevant in December and being in contention for the playoffs. Here we are, folks. Uh, but let's talk about what the team did statistically coming out of this Panthers game because this may be the most complete performance we saw, and maybe not complete from the standpoint of everyone playing well, um, everyone sort of doing their job through all four quarters. But the fact that we saw um, performance from the passing game, uh, we saw performance from the running game, and we saw performances from uh, the defense that uh, combined to give the Falcons a a fairly good win. Uh, and let's be clear, Carolina Panthers are a team that is reeling. Uh, any team that fires their offensive coordinator midseason is not in good shape. <laughs> Any team that has a quarterback trio of Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, and P.J. Walker is probably not one that you're uh, counting on as being a, a top team. So uh, that's story, that's the story with the Falcons this year. They're, they're beating up on lesser teams. That's a change. Uh, it's a change from the Dan Quinn era when we would lose these types of games, Falcons 6 and 7. All right, let's talk about these PFF grades. Let's start with the offense and the top five guys, according to PFF, from Sunday. Uh, Number one on this list, no big surprise here. Uh, He had arguably the most important play of the game, and that's tied in Kyle Pitts. Um, No elite grades from anyone for the Falcons uh, on offense in this game. Um, Kyle Pitts with an 80.0 overall grade, uh, and obviously his 23-yard pass uh, reception, uh, which was really five yards in the air and 18 of uh, yards after carry, uh, was – the big uh, sort of ceiling uh, reception of this game. Falcons had a third and 13. Uh, He converted that late in the game, and obviously the Falcons were able to victory uh, formation their way to a win. So Kyle Pitts, big game from him, uh, and highest PFF offensive score of the day. Second on this list, um, right tackle Caleb McGarry. And sort of a weird grade here because yeah 74.9 overall his pass blocking was 31.8 so clearly uh, was a detriment in the passing game but a 91.2 as a run blocker and I think it's fair to point out the Falcons had 37 plays where they were run blocking and 31 in pass blocking uh, one of the most balanced efforts of the year from the Falcons as far as run versus pass and McGarry second uh, on the PFF score list. And um, honestly, I, I think you could see that in the game when the Falcons ran right and they were running behind McGarry. Um, great job uh, from him. And honestly, right now, McGarry has been turning in some pretty decent performances week after week. Um, there were some concerns early in the, earlier in the year. Uh, and right now, he may be our highest trending offensive lineman. So great job from him. Uh, Number three on the list, tight end Lee Smith. He played 34 of the 68 snaps, 73.9 overall grade, 90.4 as a receiver, which was just one play. So uh, I love how these PFF scores can sort of go off the rails, Um, but he did a really good job in pass blocking as well. So good to see that from the veteran. Fourth on the list, um, 43 out of the 68 possible snaps in this game, um, tight end Hayden Hurst. Obviously he had the only touchdown reception in the game, uh, but the 73.2 overall grade from him, most notably um, really good run blocking grade from him, 78.6. And he was in on 26 of those 37 uh, running plays. So uh, Hayden Hurst, great performance coming off of IR for him. And number five on this list, center Matt Hennessy. He did play the entire game. Drew Dahlman did not get back into the rotation, I'm glad to see that that center rotation is done with. Hennessy, 70.3 overall grade. Uh, 62 as a pass blocker, so we're, so sort of middle of the road there. But 75 as a run blocker. So again, the story here is this Falcons offensive line now, the last three games, including two teams that were in the top three for run defense, um, they have helped this offense get back on track with the running game. First time since 2018 that we've had three straight games over 100 yards rushing. And this was another game with another good defense, and again, 124 yards rushing uh, on the day between the three running backs we had. Uh, Just a great overall performance, and the offensive line is a big part of that. Let's be clear. Um, They have done a much better job over these last three games. Guys like McGarry and Hennessy have been a big part of that. Um, And even, yes, uh, guys like Jalen Mayfield, uh, who had a pretty good day overall, and the interesting thing with these offensive scores today for PFF, um, not a lot of terrible grades. Although some anomalies here, uh, here and there, uh, and we'll get into one of those here in just a minute. But um, yeah, just a solid overall day from the offense. Nothing like earth shattering. None of these grades are like you know crazy or elite. And I think that is sort of reflected in the performance we saw. They did enough. They scored twenty two points, um, and they didn't really do anything to hurt themselves. And that was. I think, the, the story of the day for the Falcons offense. So in, in my mind, these sort of you know average PFF scores make a lot of sense. The Falcons offense um, did just enough to win. All right, let's talk about the guys at the bottom of the list. Um, worst player by PFF with a 45.9 overall grade, probably due to his fumble, was Quadri Olison. Funny enough, Oleson, uh as a runner, was having a really good day until that fumble, which ultimately led to um, you know, one of the scorers for the Panthers. So it was the timing of the fumble. Um, the fact that it didn't even look like anyone forced it out. It just like the ball just popped loose uh, and Olsen gets punished by PFF for that. Uh, next up on the list, wide receiver Tajay Sharp, 47.5 overall grade. Next up from there, Olamide Zacchaeus wide receiver, 54.5 overall grade. Um, fourth from the bottom, left guard, Jalen Mayfield, This is kind of interesting, Um, 55.1 overall grade. So sort of below average, not terrible, but actually had a 68.8 pass blocking grade. And this has been an area where he's struggled. The pass blocking has been where he has had some of his absolutely worst uh, grades. So this is, you know, actually uh, the 68.8 is above average. So that is a good game from Jalen Mayfield. It's one game, small sample size. Let's see him build on this. Um, but right now, Jalen Mayfield turned in what is arguably one of his better pass-blocking performances, even though he's at the bottom of this list. Um, and fifth from the bottom, fullback Keith Smith, 58.2 overall grade. All right, where did some of the notable players for the Falcons finish on the day? <clears throat> Funny enough, um, Mike Davis, Matt Ryan, Russell Gage, Cordero Patterson were six, seven, eight, and 9. <laughs> so the, the primary... Components of the offense on uh, Sunday outside the Kyle pits, were 6789 in, in the PFF scoring. Mike Davis was 68.2, Matt Ryan 65.9, Russell Gage 63.3, Cordero Patterson 61.8 um, on the day. Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom were right behind them at 10 11. Interesting, interestingly enough, Jake Matthews 61.7 in the world Grade, but a 76.1 in pass blocking. So again, you know, with Jake, he. He just seems to always get it done as a pass blocker with very few exceptions. Um, and then Chris Lindstrom with a weird game, 60.3 overall grade, 13.5 as a pass blocker. Don't know if I agree. I, I didn't see anything egregious from Lindstrom. So that grade is a little bit odd to me. Um, but yeah, 71.5 as a run blocker though. So again, running to the right side, working really well for the Falcons behind Lindstrom and Kayla McGarry on the right side. All right, let's talk about the defense, what they did, the guys that stood out, including the guy at the very top who I think um, small sample size, again, is becoming a PFF darling uh, amongst the Falcons. Oh, boy, here we go. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're talking about the Falcons' PFF scores coming out of their Week 14 win in Carolina, 29-21. Falcons move to 6-7. They stay relevant in December, and they're still in the thick of the playoff race, if you can believe that. All right, we talked about the offense. Let's talk about the defense, starting with the top five. And number one on this list, probably not a shock, but he only had, again, I don't know how to explain this guys small sample size maybe he really just does well when he gets less than 10 snaps um you know when he did get a lot of snaps he didn't post anywhere near a score like this but here it is Michael Walker linebacker 5 total snaps but a defensive grade of 99.3 oh my god and a 95.6 in coverage but I will point out every last one of his 5 snaps all of them were in coverage so apparently um, Michael did something amazing there. And of course, this is bolstered by uh, his very good play, um, where he picked off Cam Newton and then returned it for a touchdown. So I don't want to take anything away from Michael. Uh, again, a phenomenal play. He I think he hit over 22 miles per hour on the return. Um, very, very athletic kid. So clearly a lot of potential there. But again, small sample size. I don't think that you know we can say Michael Walker is the best linebacker in the league with a 99.3 on the day. Um, but just a great performance from him. Uh, obviously, that pick six was uh, game changing at the time, gave the Falcons a 14-7 lead. Um, so kudos to him for being yet again, um, one of our highest graded players on small sample size. Um, next on the list, probably, you know, arguably our best player on defense this year, bar none, um, cornerback A.J. Terrell, 79.5 overall grade, 80.4 in coverage. Um, how did he do as far as coverage? Yeah, he was targeted five times, and he allowed one reception for five yards. Now, granted, he allowed the touchdown, and that came immediately. It was that little mini drive after the quadrioluson fumble. Um But these numbers, guys, it's ridiculous. He was targeted five times, and he allowed one reception for five yards. A.J. Terrell is right now, in my mind, an all-pro corner. Um, Forget the Pro Bowl. Uh, He absolutely deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. I think you can make a strong case that A.J. Terrell deserves, at minimum, second-team all-pro consideration. If he keeps this up, I think you can make a strong case that he should be first team all pro. This guy is turning into one of the best corners in the league. PFF has him, I believe ranked second. Now he is their second best corner. And I believe he is number, number one in coverage, um, which incidentally is what corners are supposed to do. Um, one reception on five targets for five yards. The, this is getting to be ridiculous. His numbers are ludicrous and Frankly, you know, you watch the play on the field, you can see why. He blankets guys. Um, he has, he, he's not even allowing easy receptions, like little dump-off passes. He's batting them away. I cannot say enough about how good of a player A.J. Terrell has turned into. And this is just his second year. This is just year two. Um, I am so excited to see what he can do over the next five, seven, eight years in his career but, guys, the, he is a top corner. He is a top corner now. I, I don't think there's any question about it. And a, yet another game. And granted, you know, he's defending against P.J. Walker and Cam Newton. So I know it's not, you know, Tom Brady. But guess what? He did pretty well against Tom Brady, too. So, um, yeah, A.J. Terrell, second highest graded player. Highest graded player when you take in the into account total snaps. He played every snap in this game, 64 for the defense. Um, number two player by PFF. All right, number three on this list. Great to see this from him. Um, outside linebacker Dante Fowler, seventy-three point seven overall grade. Uh, did a really great job. He he sort of got a lot of credit for run defense, and I understand it because you know Cam Newton, PJ Walker, and when uh, Dante Fowler was getting to them, he was getting to them primarily when they were acting as running backs and not necessarily as quarterbacks. Um, but he was. He was getting past the the the, the Panthers' uh, left tackle for a good bit of the game. Um, and obviously, we hope he is okay with the injury he suffered. Uh, he is, he's been a better contributor this year. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, he had the one sack we had that the Falcons had in this game. Um, but more importantly, he, he was putting a lot of the pressure on the quarterbacks uh, and, and disrupting them in the pocket and forcing them into bad throws. Uh, great game from Dante Fowler. Number four on this list, Grady Jarrett. Um, Out of the 64 snaps, he played 51 of them, 71.6 overall grade, uh, and just good to see him back at the top of the list. And number five, um, even though he went out early and is now at this point ruled out for the rest of the season with a pectoral tear, uh, safety Eric Harris. Uh, Out of his six snaps, um, he graded a 70.9 overall. Um, So, Sad to see that we've lost him for the year. Uh, fully expect to see Jalen Hawkins step up and uh, take his role as starter. Uh, if Richie Grant can get back healthy this week, he'll probably see a lot of snaps as well. Uh, but yeah, Eric Harris, uh, good game from him for the limited snaps. Uh, and he's done for the year, unfortunately. All right, let's talk about the five guys at the bottom of the list. Um, yeah, <laughs> the bottom of the list right now, Jalen Hawkins with 64 of the snaps. overall grade. Um, Hopefully uh, he he can bounce back from this because we're going to need him. Next up on the list, um, playing a lot more at end instead of at defensive tackle in this game. Eight snaps overall, John Kaminsky, 42.3 overall grade. Um, Actually really good run defense and tackling grades, but um, didn't get it done uh, as a pass rusher necessarily. But uh, Actually, I felt like these grades weren't necessarily fair to him. Uh, and really, you know, for his first game back, this is one of his first games active in a long time. Uh, I thought he did fairly decent for what he was asked to do. All right. Third name up on the list, uh, nose tackle Anthony Rush, 24 snaps out of 64 possible, 47.2 overall grade. Um, fourth up from the list, uh, playing all the snaps, linebacker Foyer Leuukun with a 47.8 overall grade. And fifth up from the list, uh, cornerback Darren Hall, who played 51 of the 64 snaps. He had a 50.3 overall grade. All right, where did some of our key defenders end up on this list? Um, Fabian Moreau was number nine, 60.5 overall grade. Uh, <laughs> he's actually been fairly good in recent weeks, guys. Uh, I know a lot of you like to hate on him. I'm of the opinion that Moreau is a competent and sometimes decent cornerback too. He's obviously going to get targeted a lot more with AJ Terrell on the opposite side of the field. But in this game, he was targeted five times and he only allowed two receptions for a total of 16 yards. Um, that was a solid performance out of Moreau. So uh, I, I don't fully understand the hate that, that fans have for him. He did definitely start the year pretty poorly but as of late, Moreau is a guy that actually I would like to see the Falcons bring back for another year. Even if they draft someone else to be you know, a true cornerback two for this team, I feel like Moreau has uh, plenty of you know gas left in the tank and could be a decent player for this team. All right, Deion Jones finished 13th, a 52.8 overall grade. Uh, I don't want to beat up on that too much, but he is one of the players I think the Falcons are going to have to make some tough decisions on as we head into the uh, 2022 offseason. Um, other than that, guys, this is, honestly, I felt like the defense, even though these PFF grades are not great, um, I felt like they played a fairly good game against Carolina. They had three turnovers. Now, you know, one was the P.J. Walker interception where it was really just a terrible, terrible decision from him and, and you know, A.J. Terrell came down with it. Um, one of them was just a goofy, messed up handoff from Cam Newton to the running back that, uh, Grady Jarrett was able to fall on. And then obviously the Michael Walker pick six, which was a great play. Um, but on the day, the Falcons, you know, again, only allowed, uh, 21 total points. It it is Carolina. I get it. You know, we don't want to pretend that this is, you know, one of the best teams in the league, but this is a defense that has been, I think, playing better in recent weeks and, this game added on to it, so these PFF scores I think are a little bit too punitive, uh, beating up on some of the players maybe a little bit more than I think they deserved, um, especially you know some of the guys at the bottom of this list. But uh, it, you know, I'm not here to overly critique the PFF system, I'm just here to tell you guys how it played out. All right, uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free, guys, to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at TheFalcoholic.com. This is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. we will talk with you next time.
0: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call